Good morning. As the truth eternally reveals itself, eternally reveals itself right here, right now. Eternally means none other than this moment. No matter what you hanker after, that keeps you from seeing no need. How could you possibly get anything better than this? What truth are you after? This isn't good enough for you? Sounds silly when we say it that way. This is it. This is the truth right here. A little while ago, we heard a call and response, two crows, right? One was quite close. The other was quite far away. Which one was the call? Which one was the response? This circle. Circle. This present moment circle. We are in it. But we don't, what shall we say for a verb? We don't get it. We don't remember it. We don't believe it. We don't, what, anything else? We don't trust it. Another, another verb, anybody? Uh, maybe one at a time. First... A cloud over it. Okay. Next. We don't allow it. Okay. We don't see it. We just don't see it. And why? Being someplace else because... We think that must be better. We must be that somehow this very place is not, this very body is not. So asking this question, and why, why don't we see it? Is what we do when we say introspection. This is definitely an important ground of our being in our practice, right? Yesterday, as 
probably most of you know was Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. A day of deep introspection. All around the world, Jews were doing this kind of atonement. So from 8.30 a.m. until 8.30 p.m., most fasting and all looking within. Why don't I see it? I've told you the story about a man coming to a Jewish teacher, Rebbe, and asking him, why don't I see it? Putting it this way. In days of old, people could see the face of God. Why nowadays? We cannot see the face of God. And maybe you remember what the Rebbe said. I use this so often, you don't? Nowadays, people don't bow low enough. Nowadays, people don't bow low enough. So everybody's looking for God, right? Out there. But when we really do deep introspection, what are we doing? Putting our face right down in the mud. Bowing with nothing held back, right? No stiff-necked attitude. This is true introspection, true confession, confession and true repentance. The term used in Judaism for the high holy days is teshuva, which means turning, right? To turn. What is it to turn? To turn to this moment. Return, we often say, return to your breath, right? Return to the true everything is revealed right here at this very moment. Return. What are you looking for? Return to this very truth. So turning in Teshuvah means to turn away from all the ways that we have become so good at distracting ourselves, ignoring our clouding over of the truth, ignoring all the ways we seek to be better seek to make things look better, seek to make people think we're better than we are. So, of course, a lot of our illusion and delusion in our daily conduct stems from what Master Rinzai tells us all the time, over and over. Why do you have so much struggle? What's wrong? 
because you don't have faith in yourself. Faith in yourself doesn't mean some sort of constructed form that you're clinging to to make people think you're better than you are, okay? That's usually where we put our energy. What a waste. Faith in yourself means faith in this very Buddha nature that whether you like it or not is your true being. I'm saying whether you like it or not, that's kind of a joke, right? We seem to forget this. So to return, to return to this, Buddha nature self is to have confidence, to have faith. Yes, I have. I am. Not separate from what we might call, you know, we use many words, but none of them can possibly do justice. Right? To say God, to say Buddha nature, true nature, realization, all of these are just a name given to it. When we really just give up all of our striving, as Master Rinzai exhorts us to do, just stop striving after something someone else has. Return. This is truly letting go. And you know, when we come in here and sit down, Just sit without any projection, without any idea of what it's supposed to be about. When we listen to those crows, that circular from here to there, from there to here, call and response, response and call. This is our life, right? Every moment there is a call. Every moment, there is a response. Where does that begin? Where does that begin? Where does that end? have confidence in this Buddha nature, if we want to use that term, is actually to have faith. We're not having faith in something, right? Just to trust. Thus we can see what is being revealed. When we sit down and shut up, then I can see not try to interpret. Just see it as it is, as it is unfolding. 
Not think, how is this going to help me? How is this going to be better for me? No such thing, me, it. You know, when we speak in terms of true repentance or true turning, returning, letting go, confession, as we do in our morning service, this purification is repentance, right? All the evil karma ever committed by me since of old. I now confess. That act of confession is itself purification. But to do this, truly do this, as I said, requires deep introspection. We cannot see that we are indeed as it has been conveyed to us. Since we are sentient beings, we are Buddhas, already Buddhas. We cannot see it. Without seeing the clouds that we have created around it, as Jishin said, clouding it over. And the main way we cloud things over is by deceiving ourselves. And this deceiving ourselves does come directly from not trusting, not believing, So you see the circle, the call and response? We don't believe we are Buddha. Therefore, we have to erect something. That erection of something that's better than what we think we are keeps us from seeing Buddha as nothing but how this moment is, including us, right here, right now, as we are. So there's a wonderful passage in the Yom Kippur prayers uh, in the English Reflections that um, some of you who have been around for a few autumns have heard many times because I always read it. It goes like this. Self-deceit is a strong fort. It will last a lifetime. Self-truth is a lightning bolt lost as I grasp it, and the fires that it strikes can raise my house. You ask me to yearn after truth, Lord, But who would choose to be whipped with fire unless in the burning there can be great light, unless 
the lightning that strikes terror, lights enough to show the boundaries where terror ends. And at the limits, still enduring and alive, shows me myself and hope no longer blind. Blind hope is thinking there's something better. Shows me myself, this true self, no longer blind, awake, truly seeing. So as you can see from what I've said, it is a process. Every year we go and we do the same thing with the same prayers, with the same reflections, with the same hunger, with the same tiredness, with the same, same, same. Every year. Day of atonement. And it's a process. And in our zazen, same thing. We sit down, we struggle with thoughts, we struggle with sleepiness, we struggle with You probably have a few other things that you're familiar with struggling, right? The same process. This patience that we learn this way through the process itself, this endurance, is not something to be gone through in a kind of, um, mm, oh, well, I got to feel this way, but soon it'll be over. To treasure it, actually, to treasure the process, to treasure the enduring itself, can change, can be a turning. You see what I'm saying? Not to think, oh, let's get through this discomfort, but to think, okay, I'm open to it. This is the process. I embrace it thoroughly. So the self-deception is a very difficult matter and requires with enduring patience, requires deep looking within. When we talk about forgiveness, Another aspect of this process, to turn, to turn away from deception, self-deception, to truly let go. To allow this to pervade without any constructions or boundaries. After all, this introspection itself only comes from deep 
awareness, right? Deep sitting. Not fixing our mind on concepts around forgiveness, around deception, but really just sitting. And when thought, constructs, threaten to take us elsewhere, again and again and again, letting them just go. And becoming brave in that process, courageous enough to see the way we manipulate ourselves. Of course we manipulate others because of that. We deceive others because of that. So this confession, repentance, sincere apology, and making a vow. This is what we must do. Making a vow that we will not fall back into these self-deceptive ways. That we will trust in our practice. Trust in this returning, returning, returning. Without looking for some successful outcome. Focusing on a successful outcome. Okay, I'll return if... You know, making that kind of uh, contingency-based practice keeps us locked up in that self-imposed prison. Jeanette Powell, who sits with us when her Ill Health Allows on Tuesday mornings is also a member of uh, Beth Shalom, the temple which I go to also. And she wrote something really wonderful for um, a talk she gave on 9-11 this year about forgiveness. And some of the things that she said I think are really good. She said, Uh, Forgiveness is letting go. It is not excusing or condoning a wrong. It is not a pardon. It is not denial as if the wrong didn't matter or denying that you've been hurt. It is not forgetting. It is not canceling the consequences for destructive behavior. It is not given because the offender deserves it or has earned it by repenting. Forgiveness depends not on the offender's behavior, but on the desire of the person who has been hurt to heal. When we've been hurt, we tend to forget this, don't we? We think it's all about him, all about her. But really, it's about our desire to heal. She talks about the gift of forgiveness, that it's for ourselves and that it takes time and effort and learning to let go, of course. 
She says, when we forgive, we give ourselves back the energy it takes to harbor ill feelings. Think about that. How many of us have been harboring ill feelings or confusion? You know, we see someone that we've had great respect for, and we see that conduct we don't approve of that has harmed others or ourselves has taken place. How much energy it takes to keep those ill feelings going. Harboring ill feelings. So when we forgive, of course, not an instant process. But we have to give ourselves to that process. Then we can be free ourselves, not held hostage by those feelings. Rabbi Heschel said, the most unnoticed of all miracles is the miracle of repentance. It is a miracle. And forgiveness is similarly a miracle. And what Jeanette ended up with was forgiving. For. I will be for. You know how you can be for something? I will be forgiving. Why not? Instead of putting all of our energy into for hating, why not? forgiving. Simple, isn't it? To look within and see how much we have been plugging into this for hating. And to make that turn, I will be forgiving. In AA and Al-Anon, the slogan that I love best is, let go and let God. We think, we think we have to figure it out, do it all ourselves. We forget. This is forgiving. Our lives are forgiving. Our lives are for letting go. And letting this wondrous moment, just as it is, this wondrous life that we've been given, is forgiving, right? What, why are we here? We've been given this opportunity of a human birth. Wow. You don't like your particular human birth? I'm so sorry. There's a lot we can see uh, when we look within. How we take issue 
with this gift, this treasure. I should have a better treasure. I like that treasure better. Crazy, but we all fall prey to that sort of silly thing. Instead of saying, oh, thank you. Thank you. Letting go. Realizing we have been given this life. Forgiving. There's no other reason. So we take refuge, right? We take refuge in Buddha, in Dharma, in Sangha. That means we are here forgiving. And it's really important, and this is another aspect of the Day of Atonement, the High Holy Days period from New Year through Yom Kippur. Another very important component, and it is the heart of our practice as Buddhists, is to realize how fleeting this gift of a human birth is. How quickly it can be taken away. What a fine filament holds us here. And there's another story rabbi says, repent one day before your death. A student goes to the rabbi and says, but I don't know when I will die. And the rabbi says, exactly. We live each day knowing it is the one day 